Hey friends, welcome back to Anti-Visions. Today I just wanted to share an amazing clip from MSNBC where Mika Brzezinski is interviewing the U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy. And he actually says that not only should government censor, he doesn't say it exactly like that, but he advocates for the big tech companies to play a role in essentially censoring misinformation. So I'm just going to play the clip for you and make a couple of comments. Rogan, who hosts the Joe Rogan Experience podcast, has frequently promoted unproven methods for treating COVID-19 and downplayed the need for vaccines. Last year, Spotify purchased his podcast library for an estimated $100 million. Dr. Murthy, what do you think are the best ways to push back on misinformation about COVID that continues to be aggressively pushed, whether it be Joe Rogan's podcast or all over Facebook? Well, Mika, it's such an important question because we can have the best science available. We can have the best public health expertise available, but it won't help people if they don't have access to accurate information. You know, something I've always believed as a doctor is that people have the right to make their own decisions, but they also have the right to have accurate information to make that, de that decision with. Now, when it comes to how we root out the misinformation in society right now, and give people access to actual inf accurate information, we've got to do several things. Number one, we've got to recognize that our technology platforms, whether particularly social media, these have a, an important role to play. These are the predominant places where we're seeing misinformation spread. Uh, these platforms have still not stepped up to do uh, the right thing and do enough, I should say, to reduce the spread of misinformation. But each of us also has a role to play here because we all have platforms. And particularly if you're somebody who has a large following, whether you're an entertainer, a politician, in the media, yeah. It's your, your responsibility, all of our responsibilities, to make sure that we are thoughtful in what we are sharing. Uh, this is not just about entertainment. It's not just about uh, garnering clicks. This is about people's lives. And we have seen time and time again that misinformation costs people their lives. Uh, so, you know, we all have a, this is not just about what government can do. This is about companies and individuals recognizing that the only way we get past misinformation is if we are careful about what we see and we use the power that we have to limit the spread of that misinformation. Uh, that's going to be a critical part of how we get through this pandemic. Okay, well, I'm just going to share a couple of my thoughts. One of them is that I'm amazed to see our government, the United States government, celebrating the idea of shutting down free speech when the government's role is actually to protect the U.S. Constitution. They take an oath for that reason, but instead we have our leaders celebrating the idea of nullifying the First Amendment. Aside from that, who actually decides that this is misinformation? Oh, well, it's the experts. It's the medical community. But if for some reason there were corruption, I'm not saying there is some right now. I'm just saying that if there ever were a time that there were corruption in the government or among the experts, then no one would be able to hold them accountable. That's the idea of the First Amendment, free speech and a free press. And the press's role is to actually help hold the government accountable. But as soon as censorship comes in and they can decide, well, the experts said, then you're only going to hear one side of the equation. Now, people think, well, this is just a, this is just a unique, isolated incident. 
Well, it's not because as soon as you remove power or you give the government extra power or you remove certain laws and restrictions, those are gone. They don't just come back magically. So the next thing that they deem as a crisis, it might not be a crisis in your eyes or in my eyes, but it could be another crisis the government declares and says, oh, well, we're in danger of terrorism or we're in danger of another pandemic or whatever it might be. And it doesn't even have to actually be real. It doesn't even have to have any manifest facts. It could just be preventative. And then they can continue to enact the very rules that we allowed them to or act upon the void that we created by removing laws that at one time protected us. So it's also interesting because Facebook is being expected by the government to basically act as a publisher. Facebook is protected by the government under Section 230 so that they are not a publisher, meaning that when content goes out on their platform, they cannot be sued for it, for it. or if someone slanders someone else on Facebook, for instance, Facebook cannot be held accountable for that information. So in the same way that a newspaper would. So if a newspaper publishes something and it turns out that it's slander or it's misinformation, um, especially if it's slander, they can legally be sued, but Facebook cannot. And yet the government is turning around and asking Facebook to act as a publisher meaning that they go in and mediate all of this stuff. And really it's quid pro quo. It's, hey, we scratch your back, you scratch ours. You go in and you do this for us. Who wants to live in a country where one political party gets to decide what's misinformation and what's not and gets to rule over a private entity called Facebook and yet at the same time allowing Facebook to have governmental and state power? And going back to the idea of being sued, there have been those that have tried to sue Facebook. And I think maybe there's been a maybe a lawsuit that's succeeded before. But I know in a recent one, uh, Facebook made the argument in court that their fact checkers are actually opinions. And therefore, because so, what's happened is they've farmed out, we know, fact checking to these other entities that they pay. And one of them is Reuters. And they will fact check, but oftentimes the fact checks are actually slanderous or actually will say that it's not true when it really is true. So, you know, New York Post comes out and says Hunter's Biden's laptop and they release this whole story about the corruption in the Biden family right before the elections and Facebook, YouTube, all of them take all that content down. It turns out later that it was true, but all the fact checkers said it wasn't true. Well, the way they get away with it in court is they Facebook actually says, well, our fact checkers are actually opinions. Therefore, they're not actually claiming to be facts, so we can't be held accountable to that. So go figure. So who's pushing the misinformation now? And if we're talking about, about misinformation, as the Surgeon General claims, people need correct and proper information to make informed decisions. And somehow he believes that Americans need to be protected so that they don't hear misinformation as though we're babies and we can't make a decision and actually see what's real and what's not. Nonetheless, 
it seems to me that withholding information, censoring information, is what makes it difficult for people to make decisions. Not having lots of information, a glut of information can be kind of tough to deal with, but that's the world that we live in. But removing information, for instance, like I mentioned, the Hunter Biden laptop, that huge story came out. Uh, it turns out that it was true. It turns out that the Bidens did do a deal in the Ukraine, the very place that now we're supposedly going to protect and Russia and all this stuff is going on. And while Joe Biden was the vice president, Hunter, his son, got uh, business deals, multiple business deals with high ranking Chinese officials where the Biden family benefited $31 million. All of that kind of information was withheld right before the election. And that information is vital in someone's decision-making process as to who the United States president is going to be. And yet the Facebook entity and the social media and even government took it upon themselves to censor the oldest newspaper in the country, the New York Post, and lock them out in the name of fact-checking and misinformation. But it turns out the only one that was spreading misinformation were those that were censoring it. And so we don't really have any arbiters that have shown the ability to truly be trusted with what they deem to be true. And then there's the idea of keeping Americans safe. Yes, we need to be kept safe. We want to be kept safe from foreign enemies. We want our borders to be sealed. We want national security. But that's not the same when we're talking about safety of information. The idea that Americans are so dumb that they can't handle supposed misinformation, that they're not capable of processing like we're children, and we're not capable of processing information and making decisions for ourselves is actually insulting. They talk about Joe Rogan and Dr. Malone spreading misinformation and therefore people die because of that information. If someone dies because of COVID, it is not because of Joe Rogan. It is not because of Dr. Malone. Then they compare it maybe to a drunk driver and we don't allow drunk drivers. You know, people want their freedom. They want their First Amendment and their free speech, but we're not that free, right? You can't just get in a car and drive drunk and kill somebody and not be held accountable. But a drunk driver is actually chemically drunk and is incapable of operating a vehicle. And if someone is killed by them, it is directly because of them. This is not the same thing when some, someone shares an idea and then to imagine that someone else is so infantile, so incapable of making their own decisions that they were under the spell of this person's idea and they went and then made choices because of that. This is, com it's comparing apples to oranges. It does not even make sense. Bottom line, this is a country of freedom and therefore it requires responsibility and it requires this thing called adults. We're not talking about kids here. So I believe that even if supposedly it's misinformation, it should be allowed. Joe Rogan should be allowed to say his opinion on the radio. He is not claiming to be a doctor. But the other thing is they play these clips from Joe Rogan and fail to mention that Dr. Malone is a very well accomplished doctor. And they might hate his guts and now go after him and smear him, but 
Joe Rogan was interviewing a highly accomplished doctor who has far more expertise than Twitter and Facebook and the little technocrats behind the keyboards and the media pundits that sit there on TV and don't even lift a finger to do any investigation for themselves. And one of my final thoughts is that maybe it's actually a good thing to have this kind of dissent. I actually believe that it is a good thing because it creates this thing called accountability because you have to prove that these vaccines work and there is no reason why people cannot question the efficacy of these vaccines. It takes 10 years to produce and then release a vaccine and that is fast out into the public. They did this in one year and we're supposed to believe that it's completely safe. And honestly, if people don't believe that it's safe, they should be able to make that decision. There is no reason why in this country people should be demonized or scapegoated or forced to take a vaccine that they do not want to take and it does not have a proven track record. I say it needs to have at least the 10 years that the CDC requires or the FDA requires in order to create a vaccine. And it just has not been proven. It's fine if people believe in the vaccines or if they want to take it, but it should not be something that's required. And it certainly should not be something that we should be censoring people talking about it on media. This is madness. So one other thing. I did post a little while back a podcast with Constantine, Constantine Kissin from Trigonometry. He had did this write-up on why vaccine hesitancy. And I just basically read his article. So I highly recommend going back and listening to that because there are so many good reasons why people do not trust this vaccine. It's not all a science debate. But even within the realm of science, we know that there's no way that it's just one monolithic answer, the science. There's always been debate, and somehow there's no longer any debate. Oh, that's, that's of course because we're censoring all the people who do debate about it. But then also, there are so many other reasons why people don't trust the vaccines that don't have to do with science. They just simply have to do with a lack of trust, lack of trust in our government that's lied to us, a lack of trust in the FDA and the CDC who have over and over proven themselves to be, hmm, sketchy at most, a lack of trust in the pharmaceutical companies who have super deep pockets, no accountability, absolute immunity, and the politicians that are all pushing for this all sit on their boards and make tons of money from the stock that is tripling in, in profit? Huh, that might be a reason why people don't trust them. Okay, well, I guess you guys get the idea. So I'm just gonna tone it down and come off my rant now and see you guys next time on Anti-Visions. Anti-Visions.